1: with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo active cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. The volume. The Three Now podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing. User Promotions, America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started. Now sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff. Go Low Pod, uh, back at it again for the second time this week. You know, when you're hot, you're hot. When you pick the winner of the PGA Championship, you got to ride the wave. Uh, I, I, I may or may not have placed, because I just didn't put enough money on uh, my man Justin Thomas, and it ended up somehow losing money because I made so many other stupid bets. I've already put a wager on him for the uh, for the Open Championship at St. Andrews. I also already, I just put $100 on Will Zalatoris 25-1, to 1, to win the U.S. Open. So, you know, you got to get in early. I don't want the betting markets to change. I'm feeling the juices of the golf season. Um, hell, I went out and played nine holes on Monday afternoon just because I wanted to have uh, golf clubs in my hand. It just It's that time of the year, and uh, what a tournament. I, I have, I've really just been marinating on what we saw on Sunday afternoon, and it was just, it really was awesome. And I, I don't know if I quite did a good job, good enough job, of uh, verbalizing uh, my, my thoughts just on the quick podcast that we did on Sunday night. We obviously have Sobel on this week, like always, to talk the Colonial, Kokrak, uh the defending champion, who's probably supposed to go to the Saudi uh, Live League, but uh, you never know with that guy. But uh, him and I remember him and Jordan Spieth had a pretty uh, pretty incredible. They went at it last year, and Kocarek beat him. So uh, some bets there. I already placed a little action. Got a little action on the Davis Rileys, the Taylor Gooches, maybe a little Harold Varner. This is a, these type tournaments. Uh, I, I I love playing guys like anywhere forty to seventy to one, kind of in that range. might as well just you know you sprinkle twenty twenty five bucks. You win a couple G's. There, there's nothing like golf betting. On the rando tournaments, because if if you hit kind of a longer shot, which is really hard to do, you know, in, in the majors. I mean, look, JT was sixteen to one and he won the PGA Championship. He had a playoff with Will Zalatoris, who I think was like twenty five or twenty seven to one. So that's just that's the nature of the big boy tournaments. I would expect the U.S. Open to be just like that, and obviously the Open Championship to be just like that as well. At Golopod is the Instagram. Fire up in those DMs, fire up in those DMs, and ask any question you want, and we will talk golf on, uh, on the mailbag after we talk to Sobel. But I wanted to start with, I thought Justin Thomas, two things really stood out to me, that he talked about those shots. Dude, what's crazy is he, shank, he hit a shank on hole six on Sunday. He shanked it and was seven shots back. So as, as we talked about on Sunday, there are things out of his control that he needed to happen, and they did, and he benefited from it, right? I think I said that 6-under made the playoffs on Sunday. It was obviously 5. But at the time when uh, he was 2-under and Mito was 7, or I mean it was 9, that's a 7-shot lead. Now, Mito collapsed. I wouldn't say Vanderbilt style, but I mean anytime you put it in the drink on 18, and that's what makes golf so awesome. Like... 28-3 to 3 comeback in the Super Bowl, it's kind of a slow burn. I mean, you feel it coming over the half. I guess every once in a while, remember when uh, Russell Wilson threw the pick to Malcolm Butler, that happens fast. Golf is somewhere in the middle of it because it happens fast. All it takes is one swing to have a devastating outcome. Phil at Wingfoot, Mito at Southern Hills, but then you still have to play the hole. If you hit it into a hazard, then you have to drop, and you're not totally dead. You're like, well, if he knocks it on and then he two-putts, he gets into a playoff. And then he knocks it over, and, and your heart is pounding, even though you're kind of rooting against him because you want don't want to see him win. You want to see the playoff. But it is there. there is nothing like, I would say, a golf collapse because it takes a while. Even in baseball, if I pull in my worst reliever, he throws a bad pitch, I'm up a run. There's a guy on first base. He gives up a two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth. We're done. It's over. But I hit it out of bounds. I hit it in the drink. I'm Vanderbilt. I hit it in the creek. Like, I then still have to play the hole. It does not end till I finish, right? Like, in football, I guess sudden death is no longer an overtime, but th- th- there is just a slow burn with Mito that it's unlike anything. And listen, Justin Thomas... After he hit that shank, the way he played on the back nine, in regulation, the shot he hit on 18, and even he said in his press conference, I was driving around yesterday when I was driving to the golf course, I was listening to PGA Tour radio and it just played his press conference. And I, I say this all the time about athletes, I get very uncomfortable when they start talking about brands and they're 22 years old. It's like let's uh, let's average 20 in the league, you know, let's uh, let's let's make our first NFL tackle. Let's win a golf tournament. Now, I would say golfers aren't as bad with that, but who knows? Maybe that's going to change. Like, I like guys that accomplish things and then create a brand. Like, once you become Patrick Mahomes, you win an MVP, you win a Super Bowl, then you can talk like that, even though he doesn't really. You know, once Michael Jordan became a brand, once he won championships, TB12 didn't happen until he was Tom Brady, four-time Super Bowl champ. I like guys that accomplish and then push me products. And Justin Thomas, I think, falls under that category. It's never felt that Justin Thomas is like some brand ambassador, you know, is, is his number one priority. When I look at Justin, his number one priority is winning. And then you think who his friends are. Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan. People don't gravitate to other people randomly. We gravitate toward people that we're like-minded like, that we see eye-to-eye like that we have stuff in common. And when you think Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, think about Tiger Woods. Historically, when he was young, he had a couple friends. It was like Marco Mira, Steve Stricker. It was older guys. And then once he got old, you think about Tiger Woods now, he's friendly with a lot of guys on tour, but he, when I think about Tiger Woods' close friends, I think one guy, that's Justin Thomas. You know why? I think he sees a lot of himself in him. As I talked about on Sunday, obviously the game. He can hit high cuts, he can hit low draws. He can hit spin wedges. He can take stuff off the wedges. He has it all around the green. There's nothing he can't do off the tee. He just is the ultimate shot maker, a lot like I said Tiger and Phil. But in terms of his mindset, and he mentioned this on after he won, I play golf to hit that shot. Now he ultimately missed the putt on 18 in regulation. But that eight iron to about 10, 15 feet with all that pressure, anyone that's played golf at any level, I don't care if you play twice a year at a Muni with your buddies, or you play three times a week at your club, you feel pressure when you're playing for some cash, when you're down, when you have to hit a shot. It's a natural feeling that I get, that you get, that Justin Thomas gets. And to be able to execute in that moment is not very easy. You know, because one thing I see with Justin Thomas and the pushback has been like why he can't become a a dominant, dominant player is his putter's a little hit or miss. I'd argue most putters are a little hit or miss. Just in general. Hell, I played yesterday. I hit three shots on my final three holes, a wedge to 10 feet, missed. uh, A par five on my last hole, I hit a hybrid from 235 to about seven feet. Incredible shot. Had an eagle putt. I blow it right by, and then I miss the birdie putt. Well, two weeks ago, I shot 73 because I was getting up and down everywhere. I personally have always believed putting's a little random. Most guys are not Tiger Woods in his prime, going to make everything. You're going to make some, you're going to miss some. Look at Jordan Spieth. He had an incredible run when he was young. He made everything. Absolutely everything. And he can still get hot with his putter. Well, right now, ironically, is he's not. And he's more consistent off the tee, and he's ball striking as well as he possibly can. So to me, if like your putter's off, I I don't worry that much. Now, Zalatoris, he has a putting stroke problem. It looks kind of weird, but even Will, the 18th hole, when he had to make the putt to get into regulation, what did he do? He made the putt. I judge you as like, how good are your wedges? JTs are elite. He has every shot. He can be 80 yards, knocking a foot. He can be 110 yards, knocking a foot. He can be in a bunker on a short side, get up and down. There's nothing he can't do with a wedge. That's to me where a lot of the parallels will tiger and Phil. Those guys in their prime, you put a sand wedge, you put a lob wedge, you put a uh, you know, a gap wedge in their hand, they're fucking pin hunting. And to me, JT is the best at that. Listen, I don't know the shots gained approach. All I know is when I'm watching and I got my money on you, and that's how I judge you. When I put my hard-earned cash on you, I trust him with a wedge in his hand from anywhere within 110 to 50 yards more than any player on the PGA Tour. And if you can dominate with your wedges, we know he's long enough. We know he has every shot off the tee. We know he's arguably the best iron player on tour right there with Rom or Colin Morikawa. His wedge game is superior to those guys. That's Rory's problem. Is there any player on tour who, who is a great player that, besides Hovland who can't ship? I, I, but I'm not even talking shipping. I'm talking like 75 yards, middle of the fairway, tucked pin, that you have left less confidence in than Rory McIlroy, let's face it, most of us that play, whether you're a 2 handicap or whether you're a 15 handicap, we are very hit or miss with our wedges. Because it takes touch, it takes precision, it takes practice. And honestly, my take has always been, it takes a little innate feel. Tiger and Phil have innate feel. Why? They've had a wedge in their hand since they were like 4 years old. Tiger literally since he was 2. Phil's talked about it when he was young. All he did was play golf. Still to this day, I mean... He's going through hell, and you see him, I mean, it's self-induced hell, but he's still playing a ton of golf. This guy's a junkie. He loves having a wedge in his hand. Why wouldn't he? He's the best wedge player of all time. Well, that's the way I look at JT. And then when you factor in, so pressure, because of his ball striking and his wedge play, like he's like Bones told him, one thing, JT, it's not a problem, because you are who you are. No different than John Rahm. But I noticed John Rahm this week, and I've noticed him sometimes this year, and he's obviously frustrated. Not a great body language guy. It's why I love Hideki. His golfing body language is awesome. You never know if Hideki is in second place or in DFL. You have no clue because of the way he carries himself. Honestly, DJ's body language is pretty awesome too. And I do think that translates to the game of golf. When you run super hot and you're a really good player like JT and like John Rahm, I do think it can work against you. And I think JT, for the first time now, has a guy, beside his father, and I've heard JT talk about this with his dad, like, listen, you spend so much time around your dad, sometimes you can get numb to the things he says. and It's just a father-son relationship on top of a player-coach relationship. But having Bones, who's this outside voice, but now he's on the inside... But the one thing he has when he walks in that room or he's standing next to him at the range or they're bullshitting after the after the you know the round is over or they're on the fifth hole is he knows Bones has seen it all, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. But most importantly, JT knows he knows what he's talking about. So when Bones says, Justin, you can't get so angry. This is golf. It, you're not going to be perfect. Things are going to be out of your control. You're going to play well and shoot poorly. You're going to play poorly and shoot well. And JT said, like, Bones basically gave him a talk. Like, bro, you need to relax a little bit. You're too good of a player to freak the you-know-what out after every poor shot, after every bad round. You're in the mix literally every week. We're going to make so much freaking money. He didn't say that. I did. And I think it resonated with JT. And I heard JT say that when he went home on Saturday night, because when that round ended, he shot four over, he was pissed off. He was furious. To me, John Rahm carries that over. Hell, I, I used to, when I was younger, anger would last with me for a while. I just think the older you get, you mature. Look at Tiger now. You notice Tiger's face? Like he gets mad at a bad shot, but he's kind of unfaced. The older you get, you realize don't sweat the small stuff. Well, John Rahm's 26, 27 years old. It still feels like a really big thing to him. JT is, you know, getting closer to 30. He's maturing in front of our eyes. And part of that is having bones on the bag, telling him like, bro, this is, this is not going to be easy. You're not going to win every week, but you can't be so angry at every miss fairway. Like to me, what showed JT hit that shank on hole six on Sunday down seven and came back and put himself in a position to win. Now, again, he needed Mito to collapse and some things to go his way. But most people, and I would say three or four years ago or hell, maybe two years ago after that shank, JT ends up even par for the tournament and doesn't even sniff, you know, and Will Zalatoris ends up winning it. But now that he's got this matured mindset, he has bones around him, and I really think he's playing the best golf of his life, like, I, I feel very, very confident on this. And I don't like doing this. This guy's going to win this many majors. This guy's going to win this many majors. I I think the guy is going to end his career with like seven, eight majors. I think he's going to go down as one of not Tiger, but right there with Phil, right there with Tom Watson, you know, and not Jack too, but like one of the great American golfers of all time. I feel very, very confident on saying that because he's like Jordan can't do what he does. He doesn't hit the ball like JT does. And JT is not as dependent on like, oh, I'm having the greatest year putting of my life. He doesn't need to do that. He hasn't been putting that well this year, and he's in the mix every freaking turn. Look at Rory. Rory can't even hit wedges. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's what's so crazy about Jordan Spieth is he doesn't sniff those guys' pure talent. Not that Jordan's not talented, but relative to Rory and JT, like, to me, they're just on a different level when it comes to the power they possess and their ball-striking ability. Not that JT's a, or Jordan's a bad ball-striker. He doesn't hit it like those guys. And I know he hits it farther than he used to, But it's those guys, especially Rory, but Rory, the one thing that Jordan and JT have that Rory doesn't like, those guys can have their C game and still shoot two, three under Rory can't not that Rory's a front runner, but when things are going good, it's going really good. He's going to lead the tournament when things are going bad. He looks like a random golfer in the tournament. And I listen at this point in time, Rory's a little older than those guys. You know, it's it's one thing to not have that in your 20s. It's like, you're 32, you've been on tour now well over a decade. It's kind of crazy that he doesn't have it. And listen, I'm a fan of Roy. I love watching him play. I love the guy. But I just don't know if you can develop kind of that grinding mindset that JT has, that Jordan has. That's one thing Colin Morikawa does not have. When things are not going well, it's just like he's not that relevant. Now, in fairness to him, he's only been on tour for a couple of years. So I I think we, you know, compare him... Unfairly, right? Same with Victor Hovland. Some of these guys are really, really young. That's one thing. Rom, you know, I I, I do think and listen. I I think he's a, obviously one of the most incredible euros we've ever seen, just pure talent. But I, I do think his body language and his anger, like he he could take some take something away from Hideki. Um, uh, and it is you know bones. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> That JT, who has just been shitting on Phil, and rightfully so, is now his right-hand man is Bones, who wins the PGA Championship when the defending champion was Phil Mickelson, who basically either refused to show up, was told not to show up, who knows what to believe. Kind of crazy how that works. (laughs) Really is. You know, who would have seen that happening? Um, If if you're going to... You know what I like, and I say this all the time. I say this about Drew Brees because NBC fired him. Not everyone's made for the media. Not, not, not everyone can do this, because you got to be entertaining. And, and let's face it, most people aren't. It's easy to be like, oh, I can talk about sports, and then you try to talk about sports for 10 minutes, and no one wants to listen to you. You know, it, it's, it is a talent. I also think you have to be willing to say things that, you know, are a little uncomfortable, and Drew Brees couldn't do that. Bones was really good. Let's face it, most people on television, like Nick Valdo's terrible. He, he, he really is. All-time great player, awful on TV. If it was the equivalent of football or basketball, I, I don't think he would still be employed. But it's golf, a little more niche. You know, who are they gonna fill him in with? He, his accomplishments are, are, you know, are pretty speak for themselves. They're kind of stuck with him. You know, Bones was good on television, like really, really good. But he's meant to be on the bag. That is his calling. Because he works with the best of the best. He belongs in the trenches. Like some people, I, I didn't belong in the trenches. I, I'm better at this than I was working in the trenches of football. John Lynch, he's better at being in the trenches of football than he is working in the media. And I like when people find their calling. Not when people do something just for the money, just because it's easy. Like Drew Brees was just doing TV. Why? Because it's easy? Because he could make some money? Like Drew, you're terrible at it. Same with Jason Witten. Like you should be a GM. Go work for a team. Like Bones belongs on the bag of a top five player. Competing for majors. Trying to to become a legend. And, like, that's Bones has been in the spotlight for 25-plus years. And now he has, like, Phil 2.0, you know? And I, I'm telling you, I, I truly believe to my core... I, I I know people, I think, three, four majors a lot. And obviously, he's got a long way to go. But I'm talking when the career ends, when the dust settles. I, I just think this guy is a seven- to eight-time major champion. Now, I know it's more difficult, and I know the competition is stupid. But just, this guy is the majority of his PGA tour career has been when the competition has been the highest has been when the fields have been the deepest. Like I love tiger. His fields like had five really good players. (laughs) You know, they they just did. Now, if you put prime tiger right now, he'd still kick ass and take names. I don't know if he'd quite win at the clip he once did, but he would win at a really, really high clip. I mean, he's, he's the best player ever. And you gave him this technology at 25 years old. He would, he would dominate, but there are way more good players now. Like, think about the Ryder Cup. Will Zalatoris, Max Homa, Sam Burns. Think about some of the guys that didn't sniff, make, Will, Will did, did, the Ryder Cup last year. Like, Tony Finau, uh, obviously Harris English has been injured. Bryson's been injured. But th- those guys those guys are not on the Ryder Cup team. Like, Will Zalatoris is playing, Is I'm more confident in Will Zalatoris than I am Xander Shoffley. And check Xander Shoffley's record. Patrick Cantley. He beat, like, seven PJ Tour uh, uh, teaching pros last week. He's terrible. Now, he's not a terrible player, but he played terrible. And he was easily one of our best players last year going into the Ryder Cup. He was player of the year, won the FedEx. He won, like, three times. You know, the Memorial don't quite count because Rom got booted. He had, like, a six-shot lead. But you know what I mean? He was a dominant, dominant player last year. It just, it's very, very difficult. And to me, I think JT's easily... Easily would be strong, but, but I do think he's our best American player. And I think it's been... I, I I have the most confidence in him, even when he's a little off, relative to the other guys. And golf's a streaky game, but getting Bones... And even Bones said, the only guy I would come back from, four, and I told my wife this, was this guy. And when he wanted me, I was in. And sometimes, it's just things just work out perfectly. I'm glad they did, because... I, I I already have a wager on this guy for the uh, the Open Championship. And I, I just think, I think the sky's the limit. You know, sometimes you just get in a perfect marriage, Mahomes and Andy Reid. It's just like, <laughs> Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Sometimes the stars align and it changes your life. And I think this pairing, listen, JT was already worth nine figures before Bones ever showed up. Financially, he was fine. But like I said, he doesn't play for the money. He plays to become a legend. He plays to become one of the all-time greatest players in the history of the sport. He plays for his family, his dad, and his grandpa, who died last year, who obviously are golfing junkies and just golfing is their profession. He plays for those guys. And I, I, I can't wait to watch his career unfold. Step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can place their first PGA Tour bet risk-free. And if you don't win, you'll get up to $1,000 back. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a range of betting options like outright winners, head-to-head matchups, nationality props, and so much more. And when you win, you'll get paid fast. So go low this summer and bet on the PGA Tour. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code COLLIN to get your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Remember, use the promo code COLLIN to get the special offer today. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. one 8 hope ny or text HOPE-NY 467-369 New York, Tennessee Redline 1-800-888-9789 Tennessee 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming Visit www.1800gambler.net West
0: Virginia Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs Okay, back at it again after the second major of the year with uh, Jason Sobel, who was live last week from the range at Southern Hills. Now it is a beautiful office. You can hear him every week, 2 to 4, Sirius XM, uh, Links and Locks Podcast, Action Network. You find him on Twitter, write an article after article, betting previews. Also did a fantastic recap, Sobel, of uh, of the PGA Championship, what's going on.
2: How are you, John? Uh, Yeah, it's good to be back. It never stops. Look, uh, golf season keeps going and going and going. Go to a major championship, head home afterwards, boom, we're working again. So I love it.
1: What was your big takeaway from uh, from Sunday?
2: Biggest takeaway, JT is an absolute stud. I can't believe he only, quote unquote, has two of these major championships so far. I don't think he's done. I know that's really easy to say, and I, I actually hate that that in the moment will go, man, JT is so good. If he plays like that every week, he's going to win a lot of major championships. Yeah, that's that's not really how it works. That said, JT is not done winning majors. I love when he gets that fire, he gets that intensity, he gets that confidence going in the final round. Boy, he is really tough to beat. I get it. Mito Pereira could have hit something in the fairway, and we're not talking about JT whatsoever right now, but he took advantage of the situation that was handed to him.
1: You know, you and I have talked about two guys that play well, kind of fired up and angry, him and Rom. It does feel like Rom kind of crosses that line and for the first time, and maybe it's been happening this year with bones around, JT's kind of been able to gather himself. Like you know, the older Tiger, it, obviously he's much older, but is in full control of his emotions. And if JT can gather that in his late 20s, I mean, I, I, my take, I think he's got a chance with his just the next decade to become one of the great American golfers in the history of the game.
2: I, I totally agree with you. And I, I get it that, um, that bones has a, a big influence on him. And when bones was first hired by JT, everyone said, Oh boy, this is going to be a huge change for JT. This he's one of the best caddies ever. I said, look, let's not, you know, let's not say, you know, Jimmy Johnson didn't help him at all. He's a great caddy in his own right. And did some great stuff on his bag for a long time. That said, Bones' intangible that he brings, I think, is exactly what you said. He can reel him in a little bit. JT credited that pep talk that Bones gave him after Saturday's third round shot of 74. He said, look, you're one of the best players in the world. You're in contention every week. Stop like worrying about everything. Just go out there and play some really good golf. You have a chance to win this thing. Let's go do it. And, And that really got JT focused again. And So that's what he can bring to this player. That's exactly why Bones came back to this, too. Look, Bones, Bones had a very good uh, TV career going where he was getting a nice paycheck every single week. And for him to come back, he said it had to be the right player. It had to be only one player. There was only one guy he was coming back for. That was Justin Thomas, and this is why.
1: You wrote, um, after the tournament, 10 different things that, that stood out to you, and one was Will Zalatoris. And honestly, if Bones had waited a little longer, Will might have jumped into that crew as well as mm-hmm. Justin Thomas. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that yeah, I don't know if verbatim this is what you said, but this kid's gonna not just gonna this guy's gonna win big. Like this guy's yeah. going to win major tournaments. It's it's inevitable. I was actually more impressed with him on Sunday than I have been in the past, just because he battled. Like we always talk about Rory. Like, can Rory really grind? Like Willie Z, like Spieth, like JT, can grind. I mean, I I find him just I, I'm blown away how impressed I was by him this week. I know he lost, but I mean, he didn't lose. I mean, he beat everyone in regulation. He just right. JT one-upped him, you know?
2: Uh, I mean, look, uh, quite frankly, Will Zalatoris is as good as any of these other young American golfers that we're talking about. He's just about a year or two behind them on the trajectory. And so he's going to catch up at some point, and he's going to surpass a lot of these players that we look at right now as being better than him. He's just that good. He is a generational ball striker. The putter, look, we've all seen, Putts that he's in, we go. Oh my God! How does he miss that? It looks terrible. My contention, and, and I wrote this on Twitter, that I think he's going to win majors. He really is. He's got five top tens in eight career starts so far. The difference that I look at for most people, most people look at it from sort of a negative perspective. Uh, his putter's not that good. I don't know if he can win these things. I look at it, John as if he puts just half a putt better per round, makes two more putts per tournament. First of all, he's got three PGA Tour wins. Two of them are major championships. He doesn't need to improve a lot. This is not a guy that needs to become Webb Simpson on the greens. This is not a guy that needs to become uh, Danny McCarthy, Jordan Spieth on the greens. This is a guy that needs to be a little bit better in these situations, just a little bit better, and he's going to start winning these things. The ball striking is just that good. And so if, if you're starting right off Will Zalatoris right now saying, I don't know, the punting stroke looks a little bulky. Trust me. He will work on that. It will get better. And when it does get just nominally better, it needs to get 6% better. It doesn't need to get 80% better. And when it does, watch out. He's going to start winning a lot of these things.
1: And and he made the putt on 18 when he had to, right, to to get into the the playoff.
2: Absolutely. It's not like this guy has never made a putt before. And quite honestly, he hits it so close so often that, okay, you miss the putt here and there. He's shown that he can still seriously contend, missing a few butts. I, I'm I'm telling you, I I am as bullish as could be on Will Zalatoris right now.
1: Before we get into this week, you made an observation about Mito talking after the round. And you know, you talked about previous guys that had devastating losses. Was it Snedeker was the example you used who uh who who cried And just the emotion. I I remember as a kid, I mean, part of golf, what makes it, it's not always the guy that triumphs. It's the guy that has a devastating loss. And you've seen the emotion Mm -hmm. over the years. And you notice that he handled it pretty well. And you didn't necessarily say a reason why, but it's like, these guys are all so rich. Even a guy like Mito. Just expand on on your take of what you saw in that situation.
2: I'm not even sure my take is on this, John. I just find it a very interesting observation that, and I use Brent Snedeker as an example, because I don't really remember too many players since then over the last 14 years who have acted this way Brent sedeker had a chance to win the masters back in 2008 the the one tournament that like many other players he's always wanted to win that has meant the most to him shot 77 in the final round and afterwards broke down crying i mean this meant so much to him he did tv interviews he talked with the media but i mean he was visibly visibly emotional and upset and exhausted from it and so look I I was one to credit to Pereira. It's impossible not to for in the face of adversity and, and losing that heartbreaking fashion to go on CBS and to get interviewed and to speak about what happened and to even smile and laugh a little bit just in that moment. I'm like, wow, that's great. I love the fact that he has sort of, sort of that compartmental ability that he can, he can go from, man, this really hurt to. Hey, but you know what? It's still not terrible. That said, I just find it interesting, John. And again, I don't even know what the take is here. (laughs) But when was the last time we saw a guy lose in that type of fashion and just absolutely lose it afterwards? Just like crying, emotional. This This sucks everything from the marrow of my being. This kills me right now. I can't believe that I lost this tournament that I wanted so badly. It just feels like, and again, I'm not saying this is the take. I'm not saying this is true, but it just feels like, boy, these guys are like, ah, you know what? I won close to a million dollars. I, you know, I I get to go on next week and play again. Nothing bad. Hey, you know what? We'll move on from this. And it it seems like collectively we sort of write it off very, very quickly.
1: Yeah. I think what Eddie Murphy said, it's hard to be funny when you start living in the penthouse and the satin sheets, you know I mean? (laughs) Life's life's pretty good. Now, that's that's one thing I respect about JT. And I think why he's friends with obviously him and Tiger are boys, him and Tom are tight. Michael, he he plays like it means a lot to him. You could that devastated face because he thought he lost the tournament when he missed the putt. Like I do respect the hell out of him. And a lot of young guys are like this on the tour. I think ROM, they're not playing for the money. And to JT, it it means a lot to him to win and to accomplish and what it means for his family. You agree with that?
2: It means everything to him. Playing professional golf. This is not a hobby to him. You look at Tiger. Tiger 20 years ago thought about golf, golf, and only golf, and all he cared about was winning. Well, now Tiger has two kids. And if you said, hey, Tiger, you know, it comes down to like being with your kids this week or, you know, playing in a golf, Tiger's gonna say, Well, my kids come first. Whatever it is, my kids come first. And you know, which is a healthy, of course, perspective yeah. to have. But I don't know that JT has that perspective yet. And so for right now, he is all in on the golf. He's all in on winning. I can't believe it's been 14 months until he won this one. Kudos to you for picking him. It seems obvious in the aftermath. We look back up. Of course it was all JT all along. We should have known that. I, I can't believe I didn't jump on him live. I had I had my finger hovering over the link to click him live on Saturday night. And I'm like, ah, eh, maybe I'll do it later. And then I did some other things and I never came back to it. And I, I just I'm kicking myself for missing that one.
1: I've already placed multiple shekels on him for St. Andrews because I think that him and Bones and just he's a shot maker and Tiger, you know, I'm sure they've talked for years about I like JT at St. A. I might have already placed a shekel as well on Wills Zalatoris at the uh, at the country club there as you well. Go. So I, I, oh, I like I'm going to ride those two horses. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this week, Colonial, Crack, Defending Champ. Uh, who do you like? Yeah, so from the top tier
2: there, you know, Justin Thomas coming back. It's going to be very hard for him to um, to mirror that intensity that he had this past weekend at Colonial, which is more of a laid-back type of event. That said, look, JT might just – he might got a little taste for it. You know, he's like a lion with a little, a little blood in, in the mouth. and go, okay, I got a little taste for it. Now I'm going after it, going for the kill. And so he'd go out and win by six. But um, I, I'm not going after JT. I don't mind Zalatouris. I think when you're 25 and you just go out and play golf every week, these things don't hurt you as much as – Later in life, that said, two guys from the top. speeth has played great golf at Colonial every single year. He's got a win, yeah. three runner-up finishes, seven top tens and nine starts. He shows up, he collects a big check. Colin Morikawa has played this twice now. I know he didn't play great last week. The ball striking on the weekend was much improved. He's been second and 14th in two starts here. From the top tier, those are the guys that I like. Uh, I'll play a little more Kawa outright. Probably not Speed outright, but more for DFS purposes and some other places in there. As far as uh, looking a little bit further down the line, some nice outrights, there's this 50 to 65 to one range that I really like. Brian Harmon, Justin Rose, Kevin Na, all in that range, all guys last week. A
1: C- couple guys that I dabbled on, I just think they're playing pretty well, is, is Gooch. And D- Davis Riley has really been playing well now for a while. He's. It just shows you... The, the, the talent coming on the tour, and I know he's a blue chip guy from Alabama, but it feels like every year there's a Davis Riley coming around. And, I mean, it's just – it's very, very difficult to sustain on this tour right now, is it not?
2: Uh, I love Davis Riley. The kid's going to be a superstar. I feel like I'm saying that about way too many players. I hate it when we do that because not everyone's going to be a superstar. But we, we said it about Justin Thomas, said it about Will's Zalatars, they're going to win a lot more times. They're going to win majors. Davis Riley is going to be a very, very good player for a very long time. That said, usually we see experience around colonial win this, not only some older players, but also players who have been playing this for years. Davis Riley has not played here before. And so I just good nugget that that's one of those things that he might have played the golf course in other, other uh, realms and he might play college events there. Yeah. Things like that. I'm not totally sure, but he's never played this event. Plus, His numbers getting a little too short for me. I mean, this is a guy you could have gotten 150, 200 to one just a month and a half, two months ago. And now he's 40 to one that it's getting into that realm where I really like the guy, but it just might be too short. I mean, Brian Harmon, who I mentioned, he's my favorite outright. You get Brian Harmon at 65 to one Davis Riley at 40 to one. That, that seems like a, uh, a a miss scale of the, uh, misbalance of the scales there.
1: Okay. I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, Tigers, thoughts on Tigers Friday round, and then ultimately him withdrawing on Saturday.
2: Friday was awesome. I love that this is a guy with 15 major championships who isn't afraid of the grind. He's not afraid to battle. Most guys, look, we don't know most other players in this situation because they don't exist. There aren't 15-time major winners out there, but most superstar players who have accomplished everything there is to accomplish, who are in obvious pain and trying to manage it on the golf course on a Friday afternoon with no chance of winning are not grinding to make the cut. That is all pride from Tiger Woods. I love the fact that he showed that pride Saturday, obviously didn't have his best stuff. He was obviously hurting once again, though it was very interesting that his agent Mark Steinberg afterwards referred to it as a right foot injury, not a right leg injury. We've always heard right leg. That was what the car accident was. 14 months ago 15 months ago but it's more now his right foot and so I, I don't know it's just another detail another nugget another thing moving forward to think about you know it's not just his leg and coming off that leg when he swings it's really pushing off that that right foot and that's gonna that's gonna bother him for a while. when does he come back? No idea I mean I he has spelled out what he's gonna do for us. I think he would like to play the US Open next month. I don't think that's going to be an easy one for him. And I do think this is a little bit of a step back for the Open Championship in two months because I, you and I have talked about that. I think he had that one circled on the calendar. Hey, get some reps in at the first three majors, get accustomed to playing golf again, and then go out there and maybe I have a chance on a course that I know really, really well. He's probably still thinking that knowing Tiger, he's still got that circled on his calendar and he still wants to go out there and win that one. But again, just a small step in the wrong direction. Doesn't mean he can't do it, though.
1: I, I mean, I thought once he once he showed up to this, it felt like he was a lock for the next two after that. I, I think the U.S. Open, I think it's fair to say, is somewhat in jeopardy, if, especially hearing about the walk is not an easy one there, the grass style. Yeah. I, I'd say I, I would be a little surprised right now if he shows up. It, we, and that gives – he's the most prideful golfer in the history of golf. Even Rory's like, I would have withdrawn after Thursday. <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah, right. I mean, I, I will say yes. I, I will say he'll be there. He's shown the ability to – if he wants to do it, he will do it. it yeah, that's he true. Go through as many ice baths and as much treatment as it requires, but he will be there if he wants to be there. And I, all indications are, he wants to play these major championships again. It doesn't seem like he can injure himself anymore. So this is about pain management. Tiger has the greatest pain threshold of anyone we've seen come through golf in the last fifty years, and so no reason to think he won't be there if he if he can't deal with the pain if the pain's enough for him to go through and play.
1: Thanks, Sobel. Have a good week and uh, talk to you soon.
2: You got it. Thanks, buddy.
1: Okay, at GoloPod. At GoloPod is the uh, way to get in the mailbag. Easy peasy. Just fire in. Rich, thanks for the genuine content. Keep it up. Why doesn't the PGA mic up caddies? I found I was completely captivated and drawn to the TV during the JT Bones discussions before every shot. Do you think the PGA would pull more TV viewership, giving us an inside listen to what players caddies are saying on the course? Yeah, I mean, I I do think they could do a better job that way, but it's a players run sport. Players are in control, so they do nothing that the players don't allow them to do. So if the players, you know, it's not even the caddies call. But I'm with you. It was fantastic. Obviously, Greller and Jordan are always fantastic. Uh, I just think that you know the players. Ultimately, it is you know their boom mics. I, I, I do think there's a lot going on there. Let's face it. I mean, the golf coverage can be very hit or miss. But it, it's the players' call. All of this. This is not the NFL. In the NFL, they tell you what they're going to do. In the NBA, well, Adam Silver, unless the players do. David Stern, you we're going to do this. It's not the way golf works, but I'm with you. You know, in the uh, F1, we get to hear what the pit crew is talking to the the drivers. Not that I watch, but I hear people say that. Random thought. Have you noticed certain players on tour repping MLB sponsorship patches on their polos and hats? Cameron Young is one example. Kind of weird move by the MLB, no? It is a little weird. I think it might be Sebastian Munoz. There's another player that does it too. I honestly have no clue why Major League Baseball would pay Cameron Young or whoever to wear a Major League patch. Maybe they're just a diehard, uh, you know, Yankee fan. You know, I'm just I'm a big Ranger guy. Love my Diamondbacks. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Now, I don't blame those guys. I'd take the money too, but you know I picked Zalatoris. And I know you're riding JT, so may the best man win. The best man did win. I know your Middlecoff mailbag is full, but I have a question. Is it just me or do you agree these belly putters are a joke? I'm not against change. I know golf clubs are exponentially better than they used to be back in the day, but this is different. Regardless of their advantage, disadvantage, belly putters are goofy as hell and shouldn't be allowed on tour. Players that use them look like total clowns, in my opinion. Furthermore, it makes them look desperate and can't get it done with a traditional putter. Not going to lie, completely agree. I do not understand how you could be a PGA Tour player and putt with a belly putter. The best putters in the history of the sport, Tiger, Jack, Stricker, y- you name it. Brad Faxon, putt with a normal fucking putter. It's not, like I said, I think putting's a little random. I think if you're using a belly putter, you're in your own head. It's completely with you. Eagles fans so love your content. Ricky Fowler lost his swing and putting stroke. Will going to live make money now? He's a golf celeb, not player. He actually had a pretty good week last week. Made the cut. Uh, I wouldn't say in the mix, but he wasn't terrible. But yeah, I I think he's going to... uh, I think he's going to live for sure. What's good, my dude? Need some FanDuel DFS content. Keep crushing. This week, I'd go Davis Riley, Gary Woodland, Taylor Gooch, Max Homa... I would live in that range I would live in that range if you had a choice would you like a private day with you and three buddies at the co- at the course of your choice in the world all expense paid or around with Tiger at your local course man this is a tough one because obviously if you're going to go around with three buddies uh, I think you'd have to go Augusta <laughs> you know so you could say the rest of your life. Now, nah, you never know. If life turns out pretty well, I get to know some people. Maybe I'll get the access to Augusta one day. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm betting on it. But if I could take three of my buddies, <clears throat> the people I want to play with with Augusta, that I, you know, that's, but play around with Tiger? Do we get to go to lunch? You know, part of going with my buddies is we get to experience it, right? I get to stay in Butler Cabin, get to eat on the property. Hell, they might let me play 36 holes. No, No one even plays there most of the time. Does Tiger want to play more than 18? Will he have some drinks with me? I, I'd probably need more details. Could I take some social media content? Could I film it and put it on my YouTube page? I I, I I there are more variables there. You know, I I I think that's tough. I mean, I I was gonna say Augusta with my buddies, but I don't know, man. I don't You get to play see, that's the thing. Like, you don't get to play football with Tom Brady. You would never get to play basketball with Steph Curry. You you can play golf with whoever, right? I mean Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Justin Thomas. Like that's a unique. That's the coolest part about the sport. That'd be a tough one. Ugh. Could I play golf with Tiger at a cooler course than just my club? That's what I'd want. So I I don't know. I'm torn. I, I I'm a fence sitter, which you're not supposed to do in the, in this uh, as a as a talker. But I don't have a great answer for you on that one. Maybe just invite Tiger to Augusta. Okay, adios. Good talk. Hopefully everyone has a good rest of the week. Maybe get out there, swing the sticks a little bit. Just make some pars. Let's make some birdies. You know, let's make a bogey or two. Nothing wrong with a bogey. Um, talk to everyone soon. Peace. <laughs>